Hello and welcome to Penaltown the Podcast, or the week plan for predicting podcast. This week, predicting the divisional round for the 2023 NFL postseason. Shocking eliminations in the wild card round, kind of, uh, and some not so shocking. But yeah, here we go. And so, this is going to be. A good one, and so I'll be looking at the wild card round. Then I'll be predicting the divisional round games. And uh, before I get started, this podcast is not gambling advice. I'm not responsible for any money that was lost gambling on things on this podcast. Now let's get started. So wild card weekend kicked off with Browns at the Texans, and I really thought the Browns' defense would take over, but um, Miles Garrett uh, didn't show up. And so, whoopsie, it was close in the beginning and then not so much. And the Texans cruised 45-14, to 14, and Joe Flacco was not good. And about wild card round game two, Chiefs-Dolphins, um, it was negative 27 with wind chill at Arrowhead. Negative 7 makes it one of the cold, no wind chill, makes it... One of the coldest games in NFL history. It was horrible. Of course the Dolphins failed. They're a Miami team. And, you know, one of the reasons they're so good playing in Miami is because their stadium is designed to, like, cook the other team's sideline alive. And then they wear their white away uniforms while at home forcing the other team to wear darker uniforms to broil them, pretty much. And, um, actually, it's more of a steaming because it's, you know, that southern air that's thick enough to cut with a knife. And, you know, especially in early September, it's miserable. It has to be miserable. Um... I haven't been to Miami personally to attest to that, but I've been to Georgia, you know, close-ish. And, yeah, the air there is so humid, it's thick. So it is so miserable there that there are really cool videos on this that explain it much better than I do. But basically, the way their stadium is designed and the roof on it, it directs sunlight towards the opposing side sideline and and it actually gets significantly hotter there than it does on the home sideline and then yeah they wear their uh whites and forces the other team to wear their dark jerseys and you, you know dark clothes um pick up more heat because less of the light is reflected and darker colors absorb more light meaning more photons actually go into the darker material instead of bouncing off, causing them to cause more vibrations in the movement of the particles of the dark material so that, you know, science, the vibration of particles is thermal energy. Um, And it also generates temperature. And so, um, yeah. This is how the Dolphins win at home because they cook other teams alive and they also play bad teams. 
Um, and they couldn't do that. So the Chiefs beat them, and Patrick Mahomes' helmet actually shattered. And here's another like example of a of officiating bias towards Mahomes. When a chunk came out of Mahomes' helmet, he had to have it replaced. The officials stopped the game so he could have it replaced. Normally, what they're supposed to do is force the other for equipment changes, like a torn jersey or something, or mushed face mask. That happened. It's insane. Where the face mask mushed up to cover the eyes. Uh, that's helmet to face mask shot over there, but in this case, you're supposed to take a timeout or take your player out for an equipment change. They let Mahomes stay in, apparently, and stop the game for him, which is terrible uh, officiating there. But, yeah, the Chiefs won. I mean, I think the ice covered the surface of the water so the Dolphins couldn't get up to breathe or something. Yeah. Dolphins don't do well in cold weather games. Uh, that sucks. Also, the Chiefs are better. And then, after that long, semi-sciency segment, we have the Packers beating the home team, the Cowboys. Uh, that was pathetic. I think, yeah, the Packers have the same amount of playoff wins in AT&T Stadium as the Cowboys have playoff wins in AT&T Stadium. The Packers have actually never lost in that stadium. And, yeah. One playoff win each for each of these teams in AT&T Stadium. Yeah, the Cowboys choke. McCarthy's got to get fired. And if he gets fired, this will be the second time the Packers get him fired. And then, yeah, that was just a bad game. It was a blowout. And then the Cowboys, 32 points. But, like, who cares? And that's the last we have to hear of Dak Prescott's cadence for the rest of the playoffs. Now, here's the heartbreaker. Rams 23, Lions 24. This one. I mean, great for Lions fans. I'm a Rams fan. That kind of hurt. Now, I think the worst part is the pass interference. And, yeah, before you talk about the no and no call... No Rams fan in two years' time will be talking about this. In two years' time, Saints fans' tears will have... Yeah, they won't have stopped. Like, it's been half a decade. And they're still crying because Rams fans are better than Saints fans. So, we have two instances of pass interference. The... First one, in sort of the beginning of the third quarter, Stafford on third and 14, I think, or third and 11, I forgot which is which, throws a huge pass to Demarcus Robinson inside field goal range. Robinson gets hit by Joseph and one other, by Kirby Joseph and one other guy. Now, with Kirby Joseph, it's legal. He's playing the ball. He's jumping to get an interception, kind of lands on Robinson's back. That's not the one that I'm talking about. Pass interference is the guy coming below. And this would not have been a soft call. He 
the guy coming from below is not playing the ball. He doesn't really jump up for it. He hits Robinson hard long before the ball is coming over. And by the time the balls come, uh, Robinson is, you know, bent over. There's no bent over in the opposite direction. There's no way he caught the ball. And it's because of the really early hit from... The guy who wasn't Kirby Joseph, who stayed on the ground. I still don't know who that guy is. And that should have been a flag. Put the Rams in field goal range. Now, you know, it's crazy to think. I think this could contend with obviousness for the Nola no call. Uh, of course, it mattered less. But here's an argument that is going to be a little bit unpopular. It was more closer to guaranteed that if this call was made, that the Rams would win than if the no no call was made, that uh, the Saints would win. Because, you know, okay, first thing, goal, like, what, the three? Now, are you going to get a touchdown? Because um, Aaron Donald, alternatively, they could have burned clock, but they had time to do that beforehand with this game I mean like what are you gonna do it's been turnover it would go on to be turnover free okay so like what are the chances the Lions force a turnover Brett Maher has been kind of, you know great this game and he either misses all of them or makes all of them and so he likely would have made it guaranteed Almost. The second one, that was bad. Puka Nakua's jersey definitely gets grabbed, and then an arm around his waist prevents him from elevating to catch a ball, hits him a little too high in the fingertips, and bounces off his hands. And then as he's going to the ground, he's hit in the head, or high, and, you know, there were three calls he could have made there, holding, pass interference, and... Illegal hit on a defenseless receiver, unnecessary roughness. Definitely should have been called. That was pretty obvious. And then again, it's the inconsistency because you go from calling the weakest, lamest holding in a Super Bowl to in a wild card game. You, you don't call something that's two very obvious pass interferences. That is insane to me. And then... I'm not calling it rigged. The, the officials had no bias. They were just really, really, really bad. Because they absolutely screwed over the Lions as well. Because, you know, it's the Lions. Um, this has to happen. But on the most obvious offsides call, or neutral zone infraction, you have Ernest Jones jumping offsides on fourth and five hard count. And then they call it, you know... On the Lions, false start. I'm a Rams fan. It was insane. Okay, the Lions should have got a first down. It was insane that it was fourth and ten then, and they had to punt. The refs were so bad that game. And then on there was another play that the Lions actually did get called for pass interference, but it wasn't actually pass interference. No. At the same time, it was 
a penalty. It was holding and illegal contact. So, I mean, it's just a few yards, and it's still going to be an automatic first down. It's just a few yards difference. Yes, bad call, but didn't matter that much. The fourth and five offsides that got called false start is still absurd to me. But I think the pass interferences were somehow worse uh, taken as a set. I think if this is a perfectly officiated game, I think the Rams are definitely coming out with a win here. But, you know, Lions get their first playoff win in, like, 30-ish years. Yeah, 33, 32 years. 32 years. That is bad. That's a bad streak, but it's a good win. It's a good win for the... I mean, it's not a great win, but it's good to have that win. And now it's Goff's revenge game and everything. But I think the narrative of Goff's revenge game is less so. I think this was supposed to be Stafford's revenge game, where he comes to the town that nearly wasted his entire career because this team sucked and they didn't get better and their sucking caused... uh, his Stafford's only good teammate, Calvin Johnson, to retire early. It's just, they nearly wasted his entire career. So it was more, I think, supposed to be Stafford's revenge game. And more than Goff's. And Goff's, what was supposed to be a revenge game where he went to SoFi, uh, turned out poorly. He went, because, like, the real Goff revenge game, or supposed to be revenge game, happened... In 2021, the year of the switch, and that was pathetic. The Lions got it to two scores only because they used every single trick they had in the first half, and by the second half, they were out of tricks, lose 28-19. So, both quarterbacks' revenges failed, but, you know, Stafford got success. He's going to be back next year. The Rams have a decent shot, and they would have had a shot if they had won this game. And for the Lions, they move on, and they might have a shot at a Super Bowl this year. I think, though, that the Rams were the only team in the NFC who could beat the 49ers. Um, We'll see if the Lions can, but I don't know. Uh, And then we got Steelers-Bills. What do you want? Like, the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, witchcraft, they get into the playoffs, and then they just get destroyed by the Bills. What, what do you expect? They made the playoffs. They weren't supposed to. They had a winning season. They weren't supposed to. I mean, Mike Tomlin works his magic again, but you can't be surprised when they lose in the playoffs, given that it was only by, like, magic voodoo that they got into the playoffs in the first place. Eagles, Bucks. Yeah, we all saw this one coming. The Bucks completely destroyed the Eagles. The Eagles couldn't make a tackle. They couldn't do a lot of things, including, you know, do anything positive. The Bucks wrecked them. And they are moving on to the next round of the playoffs. And they have absolutely exceeded expectations, and now they're in the divisional round for it. So... We'll see how that goes. Okay, now on to the actual predicting. The review took a while, but, you know, it's only a few games, and it's good to talk about these games. And a bit of science. Might have learned something. 
So, the first divisional round game is going to be Texans at Ravens. And here is where I think it ends for the Texans. Great job beating Cleveland, you know, doing well and everything. But the Ravens are nearly unstoppable right now, led by Lamar Jackson. And this episode is a bit too early for injury reports. I can't do it later because uh, things. And so I don't know the exact state of injuries right now, but, man, the Ravens are looking incredible. And so I don't think the Texans have any, like, I don't think they have an answer. I think that it'll be 28-17, uh, Ravens, Lamar Jackson, three touchdowns passing. Uh, C.J. Stroud, two touchdowns, two picks. And Ravens moving on to the AFC Championship. Packers, 49ers. What are we supposed to expect right here? Because... Like, is the best it's the one seed versus the seven seed. The Packers exceeded expectations, but then again, it's the Cowboys. So, you know, it's not like that really means much. Unfortunately, the 49ers are just going to dominate them. I remember in 2021, the 49ers beat the Packers by like only kicking field goals. It was a terrible game or something. I think it was like. 12-10, it was something bad. And they only kicked field goals, but... Hey, they won! And I think they had, like, Robbie Gold back then. Now they have Jake Moody. So, yeah, I think the 49ers are destroying the, bat, the pack. 35-13. Bucks, Lions. Here it ends for the Buccaneers. Um, on it goes for the Lions. And definitely Jared Goff throwing four touchdowns. Baker Mayfield throwing three touchdowns, but ultimately falling short, 28-24, and they fall short on a last-second heave to the end zone. That's my pick. Chiefs, Bills, Bills domination all the way. Definitely relying on Josh Allen here. Uh, Two touchdowns, passing one rushing. A rushing touchdown for James Cook. Uh, two picks from Mahomes in a 31-14 win for the Bills. So I think the conference championship will be Ravens versus Bills and 49ers versus Lions. You know, a lot of people want Alliance Packers NFC championship. I just don't think it's going to be happening. And I think it's going to be 49ers-Lions. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this installment of Penalty on the Podcaster. You'll hear more of me next episode.